dire che nel no. All right, hey there everyone. We we finally made it. <laughs> we had some technical issues here in the beginning, but uh, uh, not uh, not not too late. So, at any rate, uh, I, I know you've probably got some people in the chat that already know who you are. Uh, but for my audience, uh, you are the roaming prepper on YouTube. I had run across one of your videos. You did a video with Angry Prepper a while back. Uh, and it was a really good video. And then I've seen a few of yours recently where you've got, you just got a bunch of people that you really, really don't hear from a lot on YouTube or of a lot on YouTube yeah. because YouTube's algorithm puts the, like the three or four big names up, right? And that's the suggestions right. you get. So uh, I just think it's kind of cool getting these other perspectives and, and guys that do this stuff. So with that, explain what you're all about, what you do. Uh, and sure. kind of let everybody know where to find you. I do have the link to your YouTube in the description below uh, also. So anyway, okay, yeah. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I actually started the channel to be kind of a more, I, I travel a lot in my career. Um, my last job was domestic and I clocked like 50,000 miles on my car in a year, not including flights and hotels. And I've, tried to be prepared for emergencies. And I'm like, you know, this is an interesting situation I'm dealing with is that I'm trying to be prepared while I'm roaming around, hence yeah. the name roaming prepper. But I also wanted it to be pragmatic. Um, it's, it's very easy to go into the, you fall into the toilet of panic with, if, if you say the wrong things to people. And I, I'm trying not to do that. I want folks to kind of Think of it the way I think of, I'm an engineer by profession. That's that's my, what I, the degree I hold, and I'm a business guy. So I try to look at it in the context of business analytics. You know, what are the steps I need? I have this information. How do I act on it? And um, that was really my approach to the, uh, to the channel, was just to kind of be someone who could speak uh, at a lot of different topics, but bring it down to a level where you could take an intelligent action. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And it's, you know, with, with prepping preppers are all, I mean, all different walks of life, life. Mm -hmm. You, you look at like what the mainstream thinks of preppers and we all kind of get lumped into this category. But in reality, the more you do this, the more you start to realize we're all kind of doing the same stuff, but we're all doing it differently. We all have different different things, different yeah. ways of thinking about things. Like you said, an engineer background, I'm sure you're very analytical about stuff. And uh, whereas some people are kind of disorganized, me, I'm kind of in the middle of all that. So uh, it's it's cool to get those different perspectives, I think. Yeah, and, and I'm not organized with everything either, right? So there, there's some things I can look at and go, I can immediately pull it apart in my head and go, okay, I know what's going on there. And others, I'm sitting there going, holy cow, look at the mess I made on the kitchen counter, you know? And yeah. <laughs> uh, if you watch some of my shorts, you'll see where I've, I have a four ingredient artisan bread and a few other preppers loved it. They're like, Hey, this is great. And then I absolutely screwed it up on one video <laughs> and it basically was an ugly hockey puck. And I'm like, okay, this is not how you make bread, you know? <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, we, we make mistakes and honestly, just having that diversity of perspectives really, 
I think helps the community. And at the end of the day, I figure every person in my circle or around me who is prepared for this kind of emergency, whatever it may be, um, is one less I have to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow night you're doing a live stream and I, I, I forget the names of the guys that you're going to have on tomorrow, but what are you guys going to be talking about tomorrow night on your channel? Okay. So the two gentlemen who are with me are fellow service members, former service members, um, Cold War Prepper and Texas Red Leg. Um, Cold War and Red Leg are both uh, Army veterans. Uh, both were at some point in their careers CID, which is the Army version of NCIS. It's investigations. They were MPs. Uh, Red Leg was also an artilleryman, and Cold War, I believe, was a involved in intel collection at one point. And we're going to talk about essentially the instability in society that we're all dealing with right now and yeah. how to assess, hey, what things do you need to be looking for that precede things like we saw in 2020 and early 21, where there's, you know, a lot of people opened the door and saw people throwing Molotovs. And that was really the first they had even thought of, oh, wow, there's unrest outside, you know, and I want people to take the time to understand, hey, if you start seeing these little pieces fall into place, you probably need to pay attention. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and we are going to talk about some of that tonight, uh, as well as, you know, what we can kind of where we've been, where we're going and where we are, basically. I mean, uh, what we can expect, a lot of things that are going on right now. And it's just it, it, yeah. it seems it, it seems like we're living in up upside down world with all the crazy crap going on. And, uh, it, it, so, it does. Yeah, without a but, doubt. Yeah. But that'd be a good kind of a, this is going to be sort of a general discussion on that. And then, you know, you get, I, I love getting the advice of those people that really have that, that sort of the different backgrounds. I mean, even you as an engineer, maybe it's not that military aspect, but in preparedness, we take so much from every little thing uh, oh, yeah. and we use it, you know, the outdoor skills, the military skills, a lot from the military. Uh, so it's cool to get those different perspectives on stuff. Yeah, and honestly, you, I learn stuff. I, I watch videos, and I'm super busy in, in my job. So there's some days people will comment, and I'll fall off the grid for two days, and poop, there I am again. But I learn stuff from everyone. I mean, if you look at our community, there are people who are carpenters, um, people who do metal smithing, like old-style blacksmith, uh, nurses, homesteaders, uh, not, not including the responders, like angry preppers or firefighter. I mean, what has he seen in his 20 years in uh, New York fire and rescue that has informed him? You know, you you take those little bits from everyone and you kind of create your own your own mold. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what it's all about is is you personally, yeah. you and your family. And I mean, you can. You can listen to all these people and they can tell you what, what to do and all that stuff, but you you have to incorporate that stuff yourself, yeah. I, I call I mean, myself kind of the, 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 master of, the master of nothing. I, I know a little bit about everything. I've got my wife that is an RN, so I've learned a lot from her. I do that show with Brian over at the Survival Preppers. He's got a lot right. of military experience and stuff. So I, I, I learn from all these people. 
So it, it does help me, but I don't have the, you know, a lot of that background. I'm, I'm more of the, the DIY guy. I try to do something, try to MacGyver something, see if it works. Uh, like you were talking about earlier, make a lot of those mistakes. Ah, vicious. <laughs> vicious. This is, yeah, this is the, uh, the new addition to the pack in the house. And he's actually a corgi, but he acts like a husky. So, no, he wants to fight with me now. Uh, is it a puppy? He's a puppy, yeah. He's he's a little, he just got beat up by his big sister. So, okay, he obviously wore out his welcome in the yard here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, like you're pointing out, you know, I, I'm, I'm blessed that I have some kids who my three young adult children are just phenomenal. Um. One, my, my son's army, uh, he's, he was army CID and he's still in, um, and my daughter's a veterinarian. So, and her fiance is a doctor and a surgeon. So, you know, I have questions. We just pick up the phone and I don't know everything. They don't know everything, but you trade these notes and you just learn yeah. so much. Yeah. I tell you what, a, a doctor and a surgeon, <laughs> invite him over when the ass hits the fan. <laughs> oh, yeah. No kidding. Uh, actually, I got some food already, for you. <laughs> we, we already talked. We were like, well, um, he, uh, we had already said, you know, okay, if something happens here, you guys come this way. And if something happens there, we'll go that way. And uh, Which is not a bad way to think if you, your family's aligned. Yeah, uh, that's a big deal because the people closest to you can really cause you a lot of give you a lot of support or cause you a lot of problems. Yeah, yeah, that's that's absolutely true. And something you do need to think about is uh, kind of assess everybody on an individual basis, I think, and, uh, yeah. you know, go through how that could affect, you know, depending on the disaster situation, too. If you're talking about something small scale, maybe it's not a huge deal. But if you are right. talking about, we might get in today, the, those longer-term type things, yeah. um, it very well may be that big deal that you have to you know, figure out how you're going to handle because it, it's, it's the easy answer is I'm not letting anybody in. Well, you know, it may not be that easy. No, it, it's easier said than done, especially if it's someone you know. Uh, and also, like, when I'm traveling, I have friends and family all over the place, but I can't bring a bug out bag with me on an airplane. I've actually figured out how to do it in pieces and not have the TSA throw it in the garbage, <laughs> but it's not the same thing I would have in like my pickup truck. So yeah. you want to have those friends where, you know, you guys can count on each other. Uh, that, yeah. that kind of extended mag, I guess, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think so. It's that support group. It's that community. So uh, and it is one of those things that you, you, you have to do what you have to do. And while, you know, there is this perfect ideal plan, that doesn't, it, it's, it's not necessarily going to work for everyone. So you've got to figure out what is going to work for you right. in certain situations. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. So I wanted to start off tonight talking about how society, it, it just seems to me, and I don't know, maybe it's because as we get older, we start paying more attention to some of the stuff and it just seems so different than when we were younger. And we, we kind of think about that, how it, you know, how it used to be and all that. But it really does, even with that in mind, it really does seem like we're just living in crazy land, like upside down world where right yeah. is wrong and criminals are victims and everyone's entitled. And it just seems like it's, we've lost, 
you know, some of that stuff that gets passed down from generation to generation, that those lessons and those skills and stuff. And it seems like we're just like, like I think of it like going up a roller coaster. And I think we've been going up this hill of that roller coaster for like the last decade. And now we're at the top (laughs) and it's kind of like clinch up and grab onto the handlebars because, because it's about to go down. (laughs) What are your thoughts on the whole, I mean, the whole situation? Is it, is it partly to do with that? We're old fogies and is it partly to do with it just really is that whacked out? I think our age group helps us have the experience to see things for what they are. Yeah, I think when I was in college, you know, I was like, everyone's good. Let's all get drunk. You know, and you, you were happy kids. But then you see things through your life and you're like, you know what? You are not a cool person. And <laughs> yeah. I can tell because I've seen people like you before. I think what we're witnessing now is the immaturization of society. I, I don't have a word. for That's not a word, by the way, guys. But the I use it. We're we watching, can use it. <laughs> it you're watching a society that is accepting absurd things mm-hmm. um never in my life did i think that being male or female would be in question i mean other than some people who are truly anomalous right they have various things that are mixed but tolerance for violence tolerance for unnecessary abuse and and the, the hypocrisy it, it just it just stuns me uh, the fact that you know for instance actually someone you know tried to was chasing my daughter and her fiance it was a good example about three weeks ago um because they didn't like the way they were driving and the guy brandished the weapon the cop showed up pulled the guy over but they couldn't confirm with certainty that he had brandished anything even though he admitted to having a firearm. He admitted to this. He admitted to that. And they cut him loose. So we've emboldened the worst of society Yeah. in that there's no consequence. If anything, what they've done is punish people like us who, you know, we're walking down the street with our loved ones and someone comes and assaults you and you kick the crap out of them. I'm the guy who's going to go to jail. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not the same everywhere, but that's become an acceptable thing. Yeah. And uh, it, honestly, it, to me, it's very. Have you ever read the Communist Manifesto? No, no. I have heard of it. I never have actually read it, though. Is that kind of like the I've rules for radicals it. type thing? That's actually Karl Marx's original booklet. Like, that's what kicked off the whole communist and socialist thing. And I read it not a couple of years ago. I'd never read it before. And I'm reading and among the things was break down families, break down society, mm-hmm. um, make people afraid. And then they will beg for control. And then, of course, then, of course, the government will come in and, and provide that at the cost of your freedoms. And I mean, he literally lays it out. And, and the fact that we have people even accepting it, it just or wanting this kind of governance just blows my mind yeah yeah it's crazy i i think of it like the four turnings i've got this slide here that i put together because i wanted to make sure that um i explained it in a way that people understood (laughs) so i had to put a i had to put a picture together um but i wanted because i think it goes into exactly what you're talking about how the whole um uh, hard times create soft men that type of situation men and women 
Um, let me go through what I'm talking about with the four turnings for the four people out there that don't uh, know what it is. But it's basically, it starts off with the crisis. And we'll go with the World War II analogy, or, or not, the, the event in the World War II event, which was the crisis. Oh, yeah. And those people lived through the Depression. They lived through World War I. Very strong people knew how to uh, kind of get things done on their own. And then after all of that, you've got the high generation, which is after all of that that tribulation and all that stuff is over, they raised their kids with the the idea that they didn't want their kids to have to go through that stuff. So right. that that situation right there, you've got the white picket fences, the suburbs, the you know everybody's got a car in the driveway, got a refrigerator, got a black and white TV, that type of situation. Right. And then those people had children, and it goes to the awakening, which I think of as sort of like the hippies, the flower power, the peace and love and all that stuff, that generation where there was a lot of stuff going on. Uh, and then it leads to the situation that we're in now, and it's the unraveling where it's almost like that situation on steroids because now it's that entitled generation. It's that that generation that it's all about yeah. me and, and my feelings are more important than your feelings and all of that, which all leads back to the crisis, uh, which is like what you were talking about. And it with that Marxism Absolutely. and socialism and all that, it's a perfect breeding ground for that because the mentality of people um, are just super accepting to that type of situation. Yeah. So, And I think it's also being manipulated uh, by, you know, you have corporate entities that are not doing what's best for the yeah. country or for the people. Uh, and then you have individuals, you know, politicians and other such folks. Uh, you know, this kind of situation, they precipitate it. They, they make it worse. They, if you sat down, I bet if I sat with a kid who was in Antifa and we just talked about 10 things, I bet we'd agree on nine of the 10 at the end of the day. You know, we, they, they agree, well, we should be safe in the streets. People should be treated with respect. We should have enough food. We should have jobs. But we get riled up over these little debatable things that in the mm -hmm. bigger picture don't help society. And while we're all fighting each other, uh, they're running amok. Um, yeah. If you watch the movie, uh, what is it? Um, Hard Times at the Casino Royale with Chris Hemsworth plays this crazy uh uh what do you call a uh, cult leader yeah. and he gets two of the women in his cult to fight and he looks at the rest of them and he says see i'm doing what our leaders do while they're fighting i'm gonna go through their bags and he's he's there robbing them of their belongings and he said this is what our governments have done to us yeah. They've turned us against each other while they rob us blind. And that was rather profound. Tarantino snuck that into that movie. And yeah. uh, it's, a good it's analogy. what's happening. It, yeah. It's absolutely what's happening. Yeah. There, there's so much as a society, how we've grown, we've evolved, we've gotten better. So many things. And I think that's, um, you know, from a, not a, not because of almost in spite of politicians and, and the leaders and all that, but we've grown as a society so much in the United States. And it's mm -hmm. on the other end of that, it's just gone backwards. So oh, into yeah. one, in one aspect, we've grown and we've become this great society. In the other aspect, it's almost like they're, they're trying to start it on fire and just burn it all down or change it. Uh, I don't know how, how intentional a lot of this stuff is. Sure. Seems like a lot of it's intentional, but if if it's not intentional, they're doing it for profit while the profit's to be made. Yeah. But look at the ancient Greeks, right? These guys, 
figured out how to do the phalanx formation, metal shields, spears. They literally expanded into the known world at the time. But then they got too big. The cities started getting soft. They started, it's almost a replica of what we're seeing now. Yeah. Misbehavior was accepted. People would molest in public. Nobody went to jail for anything. And then here comes the Persians and then subsequently the Romans. There they went. And then the same thing happened to the Romans. You know, they, you know, what was it? Nero was fiddling while Rome burned. Yeah. They, yeah. they literally just grew to where they got so comfortable. There was no hardship. They, they took everything for granted, not realizing it was going to get taken away. Yeah. And, and I think that's where we are. It's, it's interesting with that four turning thing, tur- turnings thing. It's every 20 years or so, there's one of these turnings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like every 80 years, there's something big. And it's when you think about cycle. American history, we've got the American Revolution, which was in the 1770s, 70, 75, 76. Then about 80 or so years later, you've got the Civil War. And yep. then about 80 or so years later, you've got World War II. Now, granted, there was World War One in there too, and about eighty years or so later, you've got right now. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I mean, it's it, it's something. I don't. It, it's not like clockwork, so it's not like, hey, this is exactly when it's going to no, happen. But it sure seems but like that analogy is absolutely right. Because what seventeen seventy one to six was the revolution. Yep, eighteen sixty one, almost eighty ninety ish years later. Yeah, there was a civil war. And then, you know, 1918 to, or 1914 to 1930, that whole, that was kind of a weird one, but it, that it whole was era, yeah. Out. But yeah, I mean, you look at, just do the math. It's like every 70 to 85 years. And yeah. And I think because this, it's, it's like you said, we're, that how Rome did it and everything. We're, we take for granted how, how great, because you think about our lives, everything's been fantastic. Uh, for oh, us, yeah. I mean, for for the most part, everything has just been it's been fantastic to be a United States citizen. Uh, oh, yeah. But it's led to a lot of complacency. It's led to a lot of entitlement. It's led to a lot of people just mm. expecting this and that. And when if something happens and it sure seems like something is around the corner and who knows what the hell that is. But when something happens, that's a lot of people that are just going to be clueless because they're just kind of plugged yeah. into the machine and, and don't, you know, couldn't function without it. So. No, it's, it's kind of scary when you think about it. I remember um, my last deployment with the state guard was uh, in loft uh, during um, hurricane Harvey. And, you know, what we, we were going into the streets in a few places and then we went into the streets like months later to follow up on areas and folks didn't know what to do. Yeah. And, you know, I was I'd been in blizzard, then hurricane countries. So, you know, I, I kind of had Harvey was like storm number eight for the family and my kids were scouts. So I'm like, all right, go get the camping gear, go find the glow sticks, you know, and off they went. But there were people who literally didn't know what to do. Hell, yeah. during the Texas freeze, my kids were saying people were on Facebook saying, um, where can I go to get warm? my uh you know the water on my apartment counter has frozen because it was so cold in the apartment and they didn't have heaters and it you know it's my daughter said you know my kids were saying dad it's not like that came out of nowhere that was forecasted yeah and they still didn't respond so to your point 
these, you know, something unexpected happens, God forbid, you know, someone terror attack, some big natural disaster, war, whatever. And, and folks are going to freak. And I honestly think a lot of casualties up front will be from stupidity or ignorance. They don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we saw it in Harvey. The first 10 people to die were driving in high water and got swept into the bayous. Yeah. I think I heard about that Texas storm too. A couple people, I don't know how many it was, but people in their cars because trying to stay warm and ended up dying of carbon monoxide poisoning. And yeah. as preppers and us that think about this stuff all the time, we think that's just kind of ridiculous. But to some people, it's 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 how clueless a lot of people are because it doesn't fit into their daily schedule to think about all of this stuff. Uh, they're, you know, basically they're they're not told to think about this stuff, so they don't. And when something like that happens, uh, it's going to be, you know, horrible. I was just reading today about uh, the there's a diesel shortage now. Uh, I think we're at 25% capacity or something like that. Uh, and it doesn't surprise me now. Yeah, and and we think about this in the in the the effect of not just you know the diesel trucks or I don't have a diesel so I'm fine. You know, a lot of people would think that I don't. I've got my car. I'm fine. But you're talking about farming equipment. You're talking about yep. the food supply chain. You're talking about the truckers. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, with people these days, maybe we, we we could figure some stuff out. Uh, maybe we've got the food storage and all that. But the average person, if they didn't have a grocery store to go to. Uh, oh, so yeah. I think you're right about the die-off number. It, it, it's 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 It just floors me. It absolutely is it's hard to think about. A lot of people during Harvey had no food, no water. And, you know, two, three days in a hot apartment with that humidity right off the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. And you can't get out of your apartment because there's floodwaters everywhere. And people started getting desperate. They started jumping into the water to try to get away. They were getting hurt. Uh, people were drowning. And it, again, the hurricanes, this big moving thing, like everyone was watching it on TV. So it should not have been a surprise. And it's yeah. not like they come out of nowhere. Like every year we have hurricane season. The same thing happens every year. You just may or may not get a storm that year. And despite all that, a lot of people don't take those make those efforts and unfortunately they're going to be a, a problem for people like us and more importantly they're probably just going to get hurt or get themselves killed uh by yeah. doing ignorant things because they don't understand yeah hey everyone i want to take a quick break from the podcast for a second and let you know about our bug out location membership website over at the uh, there's no doubt there's some uncertain times ahead, a lot of stuff going on right now, and a lot of things that we need to be prepared for, and you know that, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. Over at the Bug Out location, we have a bunch of uh, preparedness courses from intro level preparing uh, to that a little bit more advanced stuff. Uh, we also do some weekly and monthly content. We do our backstage pass videos over there, so we have something to offer for everyone. It's a great membership website, and we're constantly adding to it and updating courses, adding courses, and doing a lot of stuff over there. So if it's something that you're interested, make sure and head over to thebugoutlocation.com. Uh, check it out, and if you have any questions, let me know. 
You, you always hear about that 90% die-off number, right? I think it was, it might have been William Fortune or somebody like that that actually came up with it. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of been adopted by a lot of people, a lot of people um, with credibility as well, not just a bunch of us crazy preppers. But um, it, what do you think as far as how how accurate would that number be? Because I think you're right. I think there would be a lot of people just out of stupidity uh, would be gone. I think a lot of elderly people that mm-hmm. depend on, uh, you know, some of these machines and doctor visits and medications and all that uh, would be right. toast. Uh, I hate to say it like that, but um, no, I think that would happen. But I, I tend to think that that number is fairly accurate. What are your thoughts on it? Well, if you look at it, it uh, from a business standpoint, we love to use the Pareto rule, which is a lot of people just call it the 80-20 rule. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm figuring up front 80% of the people are really going to have a train wreck and you're going to have that 20, but of that 20, there'll be a smaller percent who are doing well and the others are just getting by. But uh, truthfully, you're going to see a lot of that. Um, and I think it's not going to be symmetric. Like a lot of people say it'll be X amount of you know death or hurt or whatever, but it, it will be different. For instance, um, I live out in a small city among farms and and the countryside there are a lot of technical people we have solar wind oil and gas facilities all around this area um you probably have enough technical people to say well let's reroute that to go to this town and and we'll put this back online and uh but you get a say a blackout like we had in texas in chicago that last three weeks and you have those 30, 40 story apartment buildings, there's not enough first responders to get those yeah. people out. And like you said, of the elderly, the ones on medicine or have machinery, uh, they're going to perish first. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think it's, it's going to vary on where you're located and what the local, I, how would I say it? The local, not the demographic, but the local culture is. Yeah, and yeah. so I think certain big cities like downtown Los Angeles would be a train wreck. But, yeah. you know, Corpus Christi, maybe not so much. You know what I mean? It, it really, you're going to see a large number, at least I would think, again, the 80-20 rule I've seen actually work out in a lot of different scenarios in business and in other situations. But the 90 wouldn't surprise me either. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a good point about big cities too, because it that it's going to be it would be so chaotic in a situation, even if it was a some sort of grid down event that only lasted a few days, uh, a week or so. Yeah. Uh, it would be just just madness. I think I think of Jason with this living in New York City, like one of the worst places you could live. But to his credit, he's I, I the way because he thinks about all of this stuff. He does have a plan, and I, I, I don't know. I think he yeah. was planning on moving a while back. I don't know if he actually did, but uh, outside at least anyway. But at least he's got a plan to because he knows exactly what it's going to be right. like. And I think there are people – it's, it's not a death sentence, I guess is what I'm saying. But if no. you do live in one of those top buildings, the elevators are out, you don't have a plan in place to act really quick. Um, it, it, it wouldn't take long for, for all of that stuff to, to break down because – People think that, hey, the help's going to be on the way, you know, the, the support and all that. Once they figure out that's not, uh, people are going to just lose it. No, I agree. And actually, you take Jason's a great example. Um, he understands his situation, being a firefighter, living mm-hmm. where he did, 
Uh, I actually grew up not 10 miles from where he is now. So I remember the city, a different generation, obviously, but he understands how to get in, how to get out, how to move around, where are resources, who is his friends, who's not his friends, um, where danger may lie. And he's taking that into account. So even if you're into preparedness and you're in Manhattan like he is, or you're in Chicago or you're in Dallas, your local environment will dictate. And you have to take those factors into account. Yeah. Um, but you can plan around that. Uh, there's some folks on another platform uh, and it's a young lady. She's, uh, I believe she's on TikTok, and she has an apartment in LA and she has, you know, she's explained like how to do certain things for young single people. And I'm sitting here going, this girl's got it figured out. Like she knows where she has to go and how to get from A to B. But for every one of her, there were 20 knuckleheads. So, yeah, yeah. And, and you also have to keep in mind that, and, and, you know, more and more so lately, I'm not so sure about this, but most likely it's not that Mad Max type thing, that large scale uh, disaster situation um, is, is far less likely than uh, the, the natural disasters. Like you were talking with the hurricanes or these smaller things, maybe food shortages for a few days uh, or, you know, supply lines being cut off for a few days. Those are more likely than that large scale. Uh, and like I said, I hesitate to <laughs> say this because recently with all the nuke talk and all that, who knows, but um, it is far less likely. So you can't skip all that little stuff to pay attention to the huge ones and, you know, sacrifice no. your family, your work and all that to move out in the middle of nowhere. It's just not feasible no. for a lot of people. So actually, uh, in, in business and, and the military has a similar methodology. You have what's called a SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And two deal with my situation, my strengths, my weaknesses. The others are opportunities or resources and threats externally. Um, other people I've seen them in business make a chart of probability and say, okay, alien invasion would be, you know, a 10 catastrophe, but the likelihood is, one out of a hundred. So it would be way down here on the chart. Whereas a uh, tornado hitting my town, well, tornado is not as bad as alien invasion, but it's really bad for a lot of people. And that's way more likely. So that would be, have a higher, I guess, a higher number. And it's basically a threat matrix where, you know, you break it down by the likelihood and the severity. And that would probably be something fun to do is for me to make one and, so, you know, if the Cloverfield monster showed up, that would be bad. But the chances of the Cloverfield monster <laughs> running around one of our cities, is it hypothetically possible? Sure, there could be a critter running around in the ocean, but I'd put that down at the bottom as likelihood with a very severe outcome. But like to your point, yeah, the hurricanes, the floods, the riots, tornadoes, those are things we see every year. Yeah. So I, I would... To your point, I would focus more on the most likely ones, the ones you're seeing right now or have seen. I mean, the last three years between the hurricanes, the, the Rona and, and the riots should give you all sorts of scenarios to work with. Yeah. And, and you would think it would wake a lot of people up. And maybe it has for, the, for a little bit. 
but I I've noticed that during that whole the whole pandemic thing, a lot of a lot of people were were getting interested in preparedness and and researching a lot of this stuff. But you know, the last six months or so, it's like they all just went back to life as normal, life as 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 usual. Yeah. You know, back to the same basic stuff and didn't even think about, hey, that sucked really bad. It could have been a whole lot worse, uh, oh, you yeah. know, than than what it was. And people just like, eh. We'll just wait for the next one, and then we'll freak out then. It's, yeah, and and <laughs> it's, honestly, it's it's the same with the hurricanes. It's human nature. They don't. They're like la 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 la. I don't want to see it. Yeah, but it's there. Um, you know, the hurricanes are going to come, whether you know it's politically expedient or not. It doesn't care. It's a hurricane. It just shows up and breaks things. Um, you're going to see that a lot of people will. Like the the new gun ownerships, how many millions of new firearms owners were there? And then of them, at least half, I'm sure, wound up selling the gun and they put it in the closet, never use it. But I do think it's a bit of a step change, right? Because when that happens, you do get people, it's like the gym in January, right? Everyone wants to be in the gym. And by March, nobody, they're not there anymore. Yeah, yeah, but you do get some new regulars, right? You always get that little increment, and those are the ones that make me happy. Those are the ones that I'm like, okay, you stuck around on my channel. Yeah, you were newer, and now you got a little channel over there, and you're making canned goods and whatnot. So those are the ones I have hope for. Yeah, but yeah, a yeah. lot of them will just go back into you know blue pill mode. Yeah, I started doing this about ten years ago. I have my Survival's Prepper podcast. And met a lot of really cool people and kind of like you were talking about some people that were just getting into it. And it's kind of neat. Some of those people still being around today and still being into it. Now, at the same time, I met a lot of people back then that um, I I can think of a couple names offhand. I'm not going to say them, but that just kind of went off into the ether and disappeared. (laughs) So, but yeah, it is. It's that incremental thing you were talking about and just. You know, take it at your own pace. Do what you can do. All of that stuff. You know, the stuff we talk about all the time. Uh, just and, do and something. Stay on budget. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you, as far as like long term scenarios, short term scenarios? What would you consider like long term? Because with me, I think of sort of anything over a month. And I, you know, when you're talking years and years, I think you're talking way far beyond that that we can even prepare for. Because there's so many different variables in that time frame, but what do you, what are your thoughts on like what what would you consider a long term? What would constitute? So honestly, the hurricanes I would consider like a short term, right? You're usually looking two weeks before things settle down. Um, the Rona, even though you know the disease, you can debate how severe it actually was. That whole experience that was yeah. a little bit more of a midterm, right? That was you know six months a year, depending where you live. Um, we get into it with Vlad or Z, um, that could be a longer term. I think inflation and economic issues and uh, lack of food would be more of a dangerous long-term thing because it's going to linger, even if it's not a complete crash. Um, We haven't seen the effects of all the poultry that were destroyed from the avian exposure earlier in the year we haven't seen the impacts of the lack of fertilizer. A lot of what we're eating in the stores now was harvested in 2020 and 2021. Yeah. 2023 is where we're going to reap the benefit, 
or the misfortune of uh, what happened this year. So that I look as a longer term issue because it's going to string out. It's just going to drag on for a while. And if the leaders don't make the right calls, they'll make it much worse. And that's going to start causing issues. <laughs> the leaders make the right calls. Yeah. <laughs> don't hold your breath thing. on that yeah. one. <laughs> no. That's why I'm not too worried about aliens, because if aliens fly by and they see the Yahoo's running the show down here, <laughs> they're just going to keep going. <laughs> yeah, well, no, uh, yeah, I, I don't think they'd want to be here. They'd be like, no, yeah. stay off. They'll, they'll wind up killing you, too. Just, yeah. we're, we're flying through the bad neighborhood of space. Let's just move on. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is, yeah. Yeah, I think that's and that's something that a lot of people don't think about either is the that the food shortages thing, the things that that are almost I don't want to say, um, you know, 100 percent going to happen here in the next year or so. But there are a lot of things that are just really highly likely. The inflation, yeah. I don't think, is going anywhere. The food yeah. shortage, like you were talking about with the fertilizers, we haven't seen the impact of that stuff. And, and I don't think a lot of people pay attention to that because they go to the store, they get their food, they, they get their meal, uh, and that's all they think about. But um, that is absolutely something that is going to be, say, next year at this time, that stuff be starts becoming issues. People are going to be like, how did this happen? And then they're going to they're gonna try to blame, you know, the yahoos up top. Uh, and, and it should have yeah. been something that they, the yahoos at top, should have seen coming. Uh, and done something about, and the people at the bottom should have saw coming and, and done something about. So. And you also have to think, you know, governments will not admit when they screw up, right? It doesn't matter who's in office. They like to yeah. kind of, you know, get reelected. But when you have Bloomberg, Fidelity, Chase, all predicting major recession, which I think we're already in a recession. We've, Me too. Academically speaking, we've already checked the boxes. But let's say they're calling it a major recession. Um, when the companies and the CEOs are saying it out loud, I don't take that very lightly because you, if you're a financial analyst and you cry wolf and you screw up a lot, you get fired, right? You're going to cause somebody to lose millions or billions of dollars. You're not going to stick around. So it's risky for them personally to say, our stock's going to take a hit. We need to be in a cash position. We need to be ready for a recession or depression. So when you have the CEOs openly saying it, know their stock, knowing their stocks will take a hit, and that's their job, right, to create value and equity for the mm -hmm. stockholders. I, I take that as he's putting it. He's putting his head on the chopping block, right? He's putting himself out there then that means he's really convinced something's going on. And I think that's what we're going to see this coming year. Yeah. Um, regardless of what the pundits say. Yeah. And then you, you put on top of that, all the other stuff you've got the, the, just to me, it seems like reckless spending and just, you know, printing money. Like there's no tomorrow. You've got <laughs> Putin and his antics and who knows, who knows what to believe with that? I've I've read some stuff recently about him talking about uh, Ukraine wanting to do some sort of red a uh, false flag thing with the dirty bomb and right. then blame them and uh, and who knows? I mean, maybe I, I wouldn't put it past us to do something either. So no, uh, it's no. Um, there's been a lot of debate in my circle and some of my friends about what exactly happened in Nord Stream. Uh, yeah, you know, because we've gone over that. You know, yeah. Somebody blows up 
a bridge, right? It could be a knucklehead in a car with, you know, explosive. He drives up, boom, you know, there you go. But to do that to a large, thick wall pipeline that was under cement, under the ocean, under a sea, and you did what you did, that that took some technical knowledge. Mm -hmm. But who would benefit? You know, I could see it going multiple ways. We benefit because now it forces Europe's hands. Russia benefits because it pisses people off. You know, who, who take your pick? Yeah. Well, Poland because Poland has got their own little pipeline going on or whatever. I think I think oh, it's yeah, Poland. True. Um, Brian is is one hundred one hundred percent convinced it was us or a the UN. You know, a, a cabal of the the quote unquote us uh, that is doing it for that exact type of reason. But uh, I just. I don't know, but it wasn't some, I know that it wasn't some environmental group or anything like that, because it, it just seems like it, it would take too much expertise uh, to do what they did to it. And I don't, I don't yeah. see Russia benefiting from it. Uh, so I don't, I don't, I didn't buy that line when it was there, but. No, um, I mean, it, you could stretch some scenarios, but at the end of the day, they funded a lot of it. It was yeah. in their best interest to be able to hold that over Europe's head. Yeah. Yeah. So, hell, China could have benefited from it. Oh, I'm going to go piss off everyone in the West, and then I'm going to do something over here nobody's going to like. You know, who? Yeah. there's so many ways to look at it. I I honestly think that, and, and I don't know, this is just my opinion, so YouTube don't, you know, <laughs> don't freak out on me, but I honestly think that there is, whether you're talking about the UN, the European Union, the United States or all that, I really do think they want this to escalate. And that could have been something that kind of pushed this, that, that could have been a reason they did were to do something like that was to, to kind of escalate this situation because I think it, it would serve everybody, all of these countries better if the dude was just gone. Uh, and it yeah. would probably serve his people better too. Cause the, the dude's a, just a dirt bag, but uh, just evil. But I think there's, you know, I, I think that's the intentionality of a lot of this stuff that we, you know, we get the support Ukraine and this and that. But I think there's there's a bigger game going on than oh, you yeah. and I understand. Yeah. And it, it, we can speculate. I mean, we can armchair general that over an entire bottle of bourbon and, and <laughs> not come up with a conclusion. Yeah. Um, how was it? I think it was Orwell who said that um, countries go to war if the rich will profit. Yeah. which I thought was interesting. And uh, truthfully, a lot of people would benefit from a war. I mean, even look at Vietnam. Was it Lady Bird Johnson owned huge amounts of stock in Bell Helicopter, which provided most of the Army helicopters for the war? Um, I mean, a- again, a 1960s, 70s conspiracy, but still, uh, there are a lot of players who would benefit from it. Uh, what concerns me is the arrogance that they think they'll be immune mm-hmm. uh, because history has also shown that doesn't always happen. Um, the czar and Marie Antoinette and King Louis and all of them, they thought they were above the law until the guillotine showed up and they got their heads cut off and they kicked their dog down the street and whatever. Um, it, it's what concerns me. It's, it's like someone pushing a shopping cart full of groceries and they lose control of it. Now they're chasing the damn cart down the parking lot before it hits something and then the groceries are all over. And I think we're at that point 
where the guy's chasing the cart down the parking lot already. And yeah. uh, it could spin out of control, whether it's done deliberately or by accident. It just takes one young commander to misinterpret a radar signature or think, I'm going to get overrun, put that green shell in the cannon, and the green shell turns out to be a tactical nuke. Oops. He didn't get permission. He wasn't ordered to. He made a field judgment. It was somebody's going to screw up. Yeah. And that's what concerns me. Yeah. And, and the arrogance of the leaders and, and the elites who think they'll be immune to the consequences. Uh, like you said, if it's three, four, five years of ugliness, you better have a damn big bunker. And I don't know if there's a bunker big enough for that. Yeah. Well, and that analogy sort of fits with what's going on here at home as well, because it yeah. does seem like they have that that idea that uh, more so than ever in my lifetime anyway, that they have this idea they're they're above us. They're separate from us. And I mean, yeah. us as United States citizens, uh, you've got the mainstream media, you've got corporations and you've got government that are all like on this a totally different planet than the rest of us and yeah. just playing this different game. And I think, uh, like you talked about, that shopping cart, you know, they play this game and they get arrogant and they feel like that, you know, nothing can touch them. Uh, but it's it, if history's any guide, uh, it does reach that tipping point uh, with civilizations that it does get there. I don't know what that means as far as, you know, when here, uh, but it sure seems like it's it, it got close a little while ago. Uh, and it could, it wouldn't take much to kick something like that off. Yeah. Uh, a few things here and there, and all of a sudden it becomes something huge. Uh, yeah. And I wonder if the uh, the one six investigation is being done with such vigor, not just for political points in an election year, but I think it scared the hell out of some of them. Yeah, scared. Because a bunch of idiots who had no firearms basically rioted in our capital and almost overran it. And they broke a bunch of stuff. I mean, I, I think it was stupid what they did, but they were pissed off and they lost control of the crowd. And it happened like that. Yeah. And by the same token, who's to say an entity or even a foreign entity doesn't decide we're going to go in and tear up whatever important building somewhere. Um, I yeah. think that that shocked a lot of them into realizing, oh, and that may be why they've had such vigor going after these rioters is, yeah. is because it, it scared them. I, I think part of it is they just don't want that Trump in there, that that outsider in there, or, or any outsider yeah. for that matter. But I absolutely agree with you because they saw what a bunch of people with luckily no weapons could do. Uh, and, you know, it they kind of walked into their bubble, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. So I'm sure they're thinking kind of like when you – when you almost like you're you're driving and you almost you know, like hit a deer or you almost get in a car wreck and that sinking feeling like oh crap that almost happened yeah. yeah that's probably exactly how they felt like oh crap and and it's interesting that when it comes to protecting themselves they put up fences they got the national guard yeah. when it comes to us and cities burning and and all that stuff it's not a big deal no. come into their house <laughs> it's a game changer yeah. And I think that was that was a sign. Um, I don't think the I think when the president of Sri Lanka fled the country and then they were partying in his pool, which I thought was awesome. 
Yeah. Um, not that I endorse civil unrest, but I mean, <laughs> if you're going to do it, do it with style, right? Um, and they're drinking thousand dollars champagne and you know tequila in this pool, and I was like, it, it's a house of cards in a lot of places. And, yeah. and I don't think they realize. And that's, again, what scares me, the arrogance of some of these leaders in that, oh, you don't mess with us. If it gets bad enough, people don't have anything to lose. And keep in mind, soldiers and policemen have families, too. Their kids can go hungry, too. So, yeah. you know, hopefully it doesn't come to that. I, again, I go back to what I said before. It won't be the same everywhere if it's a long-term issue. Yeah. Different areas will react very differently. I think it was, I can't remember who said it, Madison or Jefferson or somebody back then, but he was talking about how uh, rebellions are necessary for a democracy to thrive, uh, but failed insurrections or failed rebellions often lead to more tyranny. And I think that's exactly, yeah. and I'm paraphrasing, I don't know exactly what the quote was, but that's exactly what we saw after this. We saw a lot of pissed off people, a, a lot of them with good intentions. And then, you know, you had the, the batshit crazy ones going in there. But a lot of people with, and, and still there's a lot of people with that are just pissed off on both sides of the aisle. But yeah. you saw that if it, if it doesn't get done uh, if it does, if it's not successful, I don't want to say if it doesn't get done right. If it's not successful, it shows how the, the like you were talking about, it scared the crap out of them, and they have basically locked down. So what does that mean yeah, yeah. for you know the laws and the freedoms that we we quote unquote have here in the United States in the future? I think that it's yeah. the clamps are going to get tighter and tighter. I think. Yeah, the more well, we go it scared along. them, and now they're going to take action to prevent that from happening again. Yeah, uh, but unfortunately, it could precipitate to the point where now you've agitated an even larger populace. Yeah, because you've expanded this this <laughs> this control, and now you've pissed more people off. Yeah, and it, it there is a tipping point, and so we're seeing it. I don't know if you saw, but Paris right now is almost shut down by strikers. Yeah, uh, the subways in England are about to go on strike. The postal service is on strike. You know, my wife has an Etsy shop, and she had communicated to someone in the UK for some little product, and the lady said, "I can't ship anything for two weeks. They they've shut down the trucks. They've shut down the post office. It's happening everywhere at the same time. People are yeah. pissed. Yeah, and I, and they're really working hard to hide it from us. Yeah, yeah, they are." And, and I think it's Europe is kind of that that right now anyway that canary in the coal mine I think because you're seeing yeah. things a lot worse over there than over here uh, this winter I'll tell you what I would hate to be in Germany this winter <laughs> yeah, but no, no. you're seeing that stuff happen and like you said you got Sri Lanka you've got uh, stuff that happened in Italy you've got I mean all over the place there is this this yeah. populist uprising that people are just getting sick of this stuff or. You know what? When inflation starts to happen and the economies start to go to crap, people get mad. Uh, and it's, yeah. you know, it, it it happens everywhere. So I think you are seeing all this stuff. And like you said, they're they either intentionally ignoring it or it's intentionally, and this is sort of a conspiracy theory, but it's intentionally, they're doing this stuff to create because they see that, you know, the, the current system is just not sustainable. So it's almost like a, you know, you know, knocking over that house of cards, <laughs> I suppose, yeah. uh, to get everything reset. Because 
these rich dudes, they're these rich people, they're going to be fine. You know, go to your private island for a few years or whatever. It's us and it's the, you know, the government that's going to have to rebuild. The politicians yeah. are still going to be there. They're just, it's going to be different capacities and they're going to be in a rebuild mode. But uh, I don't know. And, and maybe not. I mean, maybe yeah. that's just, you know, some whacked up prepper well, talking. And, but. And <laughs> no, uh, I think you're watching. I don't think all the elites are on the same page. I mean, everyone wants to be king, right? In the, yeah. in the king's court. Or everyone wants to be Caesar in the Senate. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure what we're witnessing and just my take on it is a lot of very powerful people and politicians vying for power at the expense of the rest of us. Yeah. And and the Rona, look, there were, in 2019, there were riots, the Yellow Jacket riots in Paris. There were riots in Hong Kong. There were riots in the U.S. All of a sudden, the Rona shows up, no riots anywhere. They shut us all down. Yeah. But now people are pissed off. Now they're doubly pissed. And now you're seeing it again. Yeah. So I'm wondering what they're going to do next to try and squash it before they think it gets out of hand. Yeah. And you got the, you know, the world economic forum in there too. Those are those power brokers, like you were just talking about that could, you know, want, I I know they want a seat at the table. Uh, They're trying to almost like globally though, they're trying to manipulate their way and, and successfully Mm -hmm. in some, I mean, look at Canada. Um, trying to manipulate manipulate their way into these different governments and all that stuff and oh, totally yeah. creating a new type of society like we started this show off talking about completely different than the American way than the way that we grew up and could completely different than the way and we know things they're gonna have to circumvent the Constitution to do it um, because they made the mistake, the Nazis made a classic mistake. They just took people's rights, and then they got pissed off, and they, they fought back. So they're going to try and subtly circumvent yeah. our rights by saying, well, this has happened, so this right has to be taken. Or this has happened, that right needs to be taken away. And they're going to do it by a thousand cuts. Um, I think there'll be a point that they're just going to piss people off. Um, you do have, because of the way we're structured, they don't like that either. When a governor can tell the president, yeah, I'm not doing that. Sucks to suck. I'll take you to court and drag it out for six months a year. Uh, They don't like the way our country is organized because it allows too many checks and balances. Yeah, which is is completely necessary. And that's what's frustrating about the whole thing because it is. they're, They're slowly getting rid of those checks and balances. And then you've got like the World Economic Forum and even this administration, yep. a lot of places all over the world talking about sustainability and equality and, you know, all these these words that that sound nice and all that stuff. But what it really means is basically being a slave to the system that they're putting in place. Yeah. That equality is not, uh, you know, we're not going to be equal with them. We're going to be all equally poor, equally broke, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and our life is equally going to suck. And actually, that goes back to the the Marxism. Uh, One of the premises is that there would be no private property. Now, keep in mind, when Karl Marx wrote this, there was still an aristocracy. There were barons and duchesses in Europe who really didn't treat the people well. So fair enough, I get what his context was. But the whole idea is you remove property, that prevents aristocracy, it prevents wealth. And then everyone can be controlled the same way. Yeah. 
And that's a premise. That's a requirement for Marxism is, is to do away with the, with the family. Um, you know, it's funny because uh, communism also endorses that there's no marriage. There's no husband and wife. Babies are raised by the state. So basically women are relegated to the role of producing babies for the, for the factories. They don't have any other, they're not a mother. They're not a spouse. Uh, they work and they produce babies. And that's an unspoken truth about communism. If you read the book, actually, if you read uh, Brave New World, they touch on it a bit. Huxley does. Uh, so yeah, it's um, the premise, remove the family, remove private property. Uh, what last week they were talking about um, taxing pets because they release methane. I hadn't heard that, but I do not doubt it. It seems batshit crazy, but I do not doubt it one bit. <laughs> no. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, I, I've heard, you you hear Hillary Clinton, you hear Kamala Harris talking about that stu- but stuff, but and you see the school systems, the way the school systems are set up, where children oh, yeah. are basically being raised by the state, or that's the way they want it. You have parents, and I think that's a, a reason for a lot of the anger these days, too, is that yeah. parents are kind of being pushed to the side Almost saying that your, you know, your rights don't matter uh, to some extent. And I, Graham, this isn't, you know, wide scale yet, but they're saying that that we are in charge of raising your children. Uh, almost the opposite, like I said, backwards world. Almost the opposite of what it should oh, yeah. be. Uh, so it's, I don't know. We're we're in a, a no. society. <laughs> I just have no hope for society. Well, I, All I'm, the I'm things the we've done father. good and. Sorry, go I'm ahead. Proud father of a ki- I'm the proud father of a kid who referred to one of his English teachers as a a Stalinist puppet. And then I got a call from the principal. And I said, well, he was refuting her and she told him to shut up. So he called her a puppet. I mean, who is the child there? So the principal was like, I'm not suspending him. Just take him home and tell him to please not agitate the teacher anymore. <laughs> But we were taught to think about stuff. We were taught to question things. Yeah. Yeah. And And, and that's kind of, that's, that's what I've tried that I tried to instill in my kids is, is those types of the morals and all that stuff that a lot of parents just do a terrible job at, or, or just ignore it at at all. Uh, Some of them do send their kids to school for daycare, uh, which is part of the problem as well. But I, I tried my best to, uh, you know, teach my kids what I could. Granted, kids are a pain in the butt. They'll listen to half the stuff you say and, and or you think they're not mm-hmm. listening to anything you say. 20 years later, they may, they that, that stuff may soak in and, and they may, you know, that mm-hmm. stuff you teach them will come out. So I think that is important. And I think that's the reason why you're seeing these school shootings and these these people that feel like this violence and all this stuff is acceptable because they're not getting taught that stuff that we got taught. Well, we, we have a young adults and children who are not socialized. They're like puppies that don't go around other dogs. Then you stick them in the dog park and they freak out. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there was a time where, you know, a young kid was a quiet kid. Well, you know what? You're going to go and go to debate. Or son, you're going to go play volleyball or whatever it is. You know, kids were encouraged to be social. The social media thing has become such a moneymaker that they make it more and more addictive and kids just shut down. They're like this. And, and 
they, you know, you think about all the trolling you see on the internet today versus say four years ago, which was bad then. Um, you've had a whole generation of kids who were locked in for two years, basically. Mm -hmm. So they got to be horrendous to other people on the internet and get away with it. So now they're young adults, they're out in the street and they, you know, they threaten my wife and I punch the crap out of them and they're shocked. They are shocked that they received the consequence. Yeah. And that goes back to our earlier conversation that we're allowing people to behave awfully with no consequence. Yeah. That, that victim mentality that the victim is the, yeah. um, the one that needs to be taken care of, not, or the, you know, everybody's a victim basically, uh, which yeah. means that the actual victims, you know, don't get a, don't, don't get a, get anything basically. So, yeah, it's, it's, we're, we're, <laughs> I don't know. I just don't have any, I just don't have any hope because it's not, unless something is forces it to a, to correct course and adjust. I don't think it does uh, until something like that happens. And I think that's with society. I think that's the same thing with our government, with the, with the country and, and yeah. shoot globally. I mean, until something forces them to change, they're not going to. Well, it's kind of like someone who, who's uh, in the bottle or, or addicted or having some kind of issue in their life. They always say after you hit rock bottom is when the lights come on. It's the same thing. You have that yeah. crisis in your four turnings or the, the turning, you have the crisis and it's the crisis that wakes the people up. Yeah. 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 So, so it's what we almost... need to do is be prepared to get through the crisis part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what I was going to say. We'll close this out by, uh, we've been, we've been complaining about a lot of stuff, but what are your thoughts on what people can actually do about this? And I think, um, I'll start off with a couple first and I'll let you expand on it. But I think just paying attention to what's going on and keeping your head on a swivel right Absolutely. now, because who knows what direction things are coming from, uh, paying attention to that stuff, uh, and, and doing whatever you can to just sort of get ready. I think food right now is probably, uh, one of the bigger concerns, food and money at this point. I don't know about Putin and, and the nukes and all that stuff, but I think food and money are, are that thing. But yeah. um, And also being prepared to, uh, and I, you, you guys are probably going to talk about this tomorrow, but being prepared to kind of handle those situations that may arise uh, yeah. if something, even if it's just something that is a few neighbors that are pissed off, a few you know people from across the street that are really hungry or you know those smaller situations, stuff like that. But, yeah. What's advice you have for people just kind of going into the next year or so? And you, you touched on a lot of them. I think the first thing, like you said, that situational awareness, we love to throw that phrase around, but we all understand what we're talking about. Just being aware of how the puzzle pieces fit. Yeah. Um, you know, the war in Ukraine, you start looking at the exports from that country and you're like, okay, six months from now, this is going to happen. And it's hard to do, right? A lot of us don't have that expertise. We have to dig a bit, even, you know, even a guy with my background, I had to dig and ask questions before I kind of started understanding. Um, prepare what you can, the best you can. Um, I think a lot of newer folks in the community, they'll see people like ourselves or angry or Hudson and they panic. They're like, I can't do that. And they're, they're thinking about it wrong. It's, mm -hmm. look, you go, you want to be prepared, get a first aid kit, right? Keep it basic at first. I've told people, 
go to ready.gov because they actually did homework on that page and they have a hurricane kit. It's 72 hours. I said, build that kit. That's your starter kit. Should run you about 150 bucks all in. Then do it in pieces, budget it in, then say, okay, I got 72 hours. Now let's get a week. And you go buy green beans, put half in the pantry, put half in your preps. Then, oh, I got some rice. I'm going to put half in the pantry, mylar the other half. And you keep doing little bits. And, you know, five bucks here, 10 bucks there. I found this on sale. The next thing you know, you now have two weeks. Then you go to three. Then you go to four. Be very systemic. Um, protecting yourself may be required, even if you still have good law enforcement, like I do here in Texas. Um, and they're allowed to do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. They're underfunded. They're short on people. It could take them instead of a four or five minute response time, it could be 10 minutes. 10 minutes is an eternity if someone's kicking in your door. Yeah, no kidding. So either be prepared to defend yourself or have a plan to evade and escape. Uh, if you're in the street, if you can't, if you don't find yourself a person who can fight, know how to talk your way out of a situation. Negotiation is a very underrated prep. Mm-hmm. Um, and just be systemic and stay in your budget. Do not, do not, you know, you want to support a channel with their affiliate links. That's great. And it's always appreciated, but don't run up your credit cards because someone on whatever platform said, Oh, the end is nigh. You know, they, you know, the hell they, we 2012, you know, Shaboba and Quetzalcoatl from the Aztecs were supposed to kill us all. And yet yeah. here you and I are. So don't fall for it. Be systemic. Stay on your budget. And if you're not sure what to do, stop for a minute and do some homework. Yeah, yeah. And and you brought up a couple of good points too. We we talk about the food storage and the water storage, the the big stuff, the the stuff that's easy, but a, a lot of that little stuff that you were talking about there too. How to deal with different situations that may arise and and learning all of that stuff it's not always about going out and buying although i do think right now if you if you now's the time to start buying some food you know however much you can because it's just going to continue to go up that's what i do but there's a lot of the other stuff that that is going to make the difference it's those little details in prepping that are going to make the difference regardless of what the the situation is i mean you just never know so very good oh, yeah. Points. And think of it also as a business investment, right? I'm eating chicken I bought in 2021. I food savored it, stuck it in my freezer. Um, that chicken now costs $3.99 a pound, say. I bought it for buck fifty a pound. I'm eating today on last year's prices, and I hope to eat next year on this year's prices because next year's probably going to be worse. So yeah. it's also from a business standpoint, if you get stuff now and store it, and break it into you know manageable segments, you're saving money at the very least if nothing happens. No zombies, no SHTF. Yeah. There's going to be inflation. There's going to be shortages. Save your money and you know maneuver your way through it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I just noticed Hudson Valley and prepping. Uh, Hudson Valley prepping is in the chat. Those guys have way too much fun on their show, man. <laughs> I've watched a few of their videos. <laughs> oh yeah i love to jump in him and livingston man i was in tears the other day i don't know what the two of them said and uh my dogs jumped on the couch and were looking at me because i was literally crying on my couch 
I can't remember what you all said, uh, HUD, but it was hysterical. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good show. And, and that's that's another one that I was, I was talking about where, you know, you get this YouTube algorithm that mentions all these different prepper channels and all that, and it's about three or four of the big names. And I just completely ignore them now because I just, I mean, some of them are good, but some of them are just absolutely ridiculous. But it's nice when I see, like, people on your show, people on their show, these these people that are legitimate but just don't have that, you know, that huge following that YouTube uh, wants to put on the front page of everything. And it's it's kind of cool seeing how many people are actually doing this on YouTube. And I've actually met preppers from different countries because I'm on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And I haven't been kicked off of TikTok yet, although I'm waiting <laughs> for that to happen. But I've met a group of people on TikTok who we're in, it's kind of like this little circle where we're all in touch with each other in the background. Um, on Instagram, I have a following from South America, which I didn't realize I did till they started messaging me in Spanish. And I'm like, oh, I need to type in Spanish now, you know, and I have to get my, my Spanish on. Um, and you start seeing all these different folks. I had a Leandro from Argentina on a few weeks ago on a Saturday live. And what he told us was just mind blowing. You know, yeah. he said, we're, we're experiencing 70% inflation year on year right now. He said, it's going to be a hundred percent year by January. Could you imagine that you, or what's our gas now between three and four bucks? You go to the store a year from now, it's $8 a gallon. Yeah, holy crap. Yeah. Yeah, it would be crazy. Brian and I had this conversation the other day. Is like, is is there, what what would be the tipping point as far as fuel prices and all that to where we did start to do the same things you're seeing in Europe? I personally think it would be, and I think he brought up the number, $6 a gallon here in Colorado, because right now it's like three fifty. Six dollars $6 a gallon. I think that would probably be the tipping point where you would see people, you know, really raising a, uh, raising hell about all this stuff because that that's just the fuel prices, but that also means the the, the fuel or the food shortages. That means the food prices, all of that stuff's going right. to go up. So I think something around that area would be that that tipping point where you would see Americans start to get up and say, "All right, enough of this crap." Yeah, and people need to realize, you know, gasoline, propane, butane. The various oils, jet fuel, all come from a barrel of oil. Natural gas is actually a separate product, usually in a different geological formation. So if oil goes up, then you have to refine it, go through all those steps for gas and diesel. But like you said, the diesel goes into the farms, the trucking, the trains, uh, the ships, you know, the, the fuel that the ships are using. I mean, you have a whole slew of stuff that gets affected by that. Yeah, And each one of those aspects in our supply chain adds a percentage of cost. And yeah, we're we could see it very bad this the end of this year. I think Europe's in for a really hard winter. Yeah. There's 15 different things that could hit us, man. It's I, I've said this before, but in the time that I've been prepping, at the time that I've been online anyway, doing this about 10 years, it, it is never my, my heightened awareness. My, my awareness has never been to this level where it's like, oh, crap. I mean, we, we, you're literally yeah. talking in a few months things could, and, and maybe they won't, but the odd, it, it seems like the odds are increasing every day that things are just going to get worse and worse. And yeah. it's, it's really, it used to be 
sort of talked about in not, I don't want to say fun, but it used to be talked about when we talked about nukes and we talked about, you know, the, the national debt and all that stuff. Yeah. What's that? It was more hypothetical. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, if that's a pandemic word. happened, if a war happened, if, you know, yeah. terror, and then you kind of prepared around it. But folks need to remember what we were talking about, the fundamentals. Food applies to almost every scenario. A first aid kit and a tourniquet applies to yeah. every scenario. So don't get overwhelmed by what's going on. I would start with the basics and then say, well, what can I buy for my $20 or my 10 bucks that I can use in eight out of 10 scenarios? Because yeah. you'll get a lot more value out of that than buying the specialty widget that's only good for, you know, alien invasion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it's great advice because we, we, we need to pay attention to the stuff that's going on, but we can't be so overwhelmed and focused on one thing that we're losing sight of the, the big picture. So, yeah. Oh, and yeah. the big no, picture no is that day-to-day -day stuff, local, you know, in your home, in your neighborhood, that yeah. stuff is the stuff that's, that's going to matter. So, well, very cool, man. I appreciate you coming on today. Well, uh, on the channel me on there. yeah yeah and if you ever want me on your channel if you're ever looking for a guest a, a spot to fill or something let me know uh let everyone know and and for hudson valley I, I keep forgetting their name prepping and survival that's what that i keep forgetting if you guys ever want a guest or you guys ever want to come on i'd you know be happy to do it but um let everybody know where they can find you again uh like i said i do have the link below in the in the description so <laughs> you can do that but um, let them know that. And uh, again, I appreciate you coming on tonight. And thank all of you guys. And remember, be systemic. Don't panic. It doesn't help. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Well, we are going to get out of here. Again, I appreciate it. Everyone in the chat, sorry, I, I kind of, I really ignored it tonight because we were having such a good conversation. There's a lot of you in there, though. I'm sure about half of your people and half of my people. So <laughs> um, very cool, though. But uh, with that, everyone, take care and uh, Pete, we'll talk to you later, and everyone in the chat will talk to you later. All right, be good.